0: Hey there, PDX Real Estate Podcast listeners. Before we get into today's show, I've got a real quick announcement for you. And that is that my company, TTM, is still looking to buy fixers and teardowns all over the Portland metro area, even in this post-corona economy that we have going on right now. So if you have anything that comes across your desk that may not fit the retail market we'd love to hear from you. All you got to do is go to our website, which is ttmdevelopmentcompany.com. There's a contact us tab, fill out the information, submit it to us and we'll give you a call. Or if you'd like to just call us at the office 503-224-6200. And we'd love to chat with you about the property. Now let's get into the show. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Portland Real Estate Podcast live in Facebook. We've got uh, a hell of a group today with us. Uh, I've got my co-host as always, Steve and Joe, and uh, we've got a friend of the pod and a second time guest, a, a mythical figure, both uh, figuratively and physically here in the Portland metro area. Someone that you all probably know. Um, and uh, we want to thank you for uh, joining us today. So welcome to the show. First of all, my co-host and of course, Mr. Randy Sebastian welcome
1: everybody welcome back randy Hello. good to have you beautiful house behind you
2: thank it should, you that was it fun
1: yeah it should win an award or two or 12 or whatever number we're hoping,
2: it's we're <laughs> hoping.
1: <laughs> yeah oh is that not the last year's street of dreams it was no it was oh, last yeah. year okay.
2: 2019 out in wilsonville
1: so, Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah it took everything
2: it, it, took- it was it was fun it was clean sweep i think it was, you know, for about. the first yeah.
0: time in history, you'll be the reigning champ two years in a row since there's no, uh, no house <laughs> to, uh, you know, right, it this yeah, year. exactly. Double, double rings. who
1: knows? Was that about the construction? I mean, we, we haven't actually talked about that on the podcast, not about time. Is it because of the construction delays, or is it because they believe in August we're not going to be
2: able to? Going those I options. think I think actually was just, uh, from what I hear, this is from what I've heard is the developer you know good good friends friends of ours right all of ours uh, they just decided they didn't want to really build two show homes this year not knowing if they were able to go forward or not with the show and which was a smart move and then also the social distancing tuckernoz when when you're really stacking a house you're you're getting more subs uh, working closer than than what should be happening these days so it was. It was twofold. One is, do you really want to build a spa- two, two spec homes or two show homes just in case the show isn't there? And then also just the uh, the the, clo- the proximity of the workers is dangerous today.
1: But wouldn't those homes already be three quarters of the way done?
2: In uh, By- theory, yeah, but they weren't. I mean, you know, okay. you, a, a good show typically is you want foundations in on Thanksgiving, you want to be framing Christmas, and you want to open in July. Well. The site wasn't ready and and they were oh. they were yeah they were uh, as of a month ago you know um, we even had a client talking to us about building there and we decided not to because it was too tight mm. time, so. interesting so yeah,
1: maybe maybe it was a little bit to their convenient that it was COVID 19 they might have been a little bit behind the gun there
2: well it, it, a lot of years they're that way I mean it's yeah. crazy you see people framing in, in March and they get these houses done I don't know how they do it I mean I've yeah. never done it but they get them done in July. I mean, really, three-month homes.
0: So when we did it, Steve, the, the gals next to us, because we were not, we did not have foundation in the ground in, uh, during Thanksgiving. We didn't have foundation in the ground until, like, end of January, beginning of February, but the gals next to us were even behind us. So what they were doing is they were framing from left to right to center and the roofers were following the framers. So they were roofing as they were framing and sheeting. Oh so like they had, <laughs> it was crazy. But every year there's always like the, the the person that just barely gets it done. And you got crazy stuff like that going on. But miraculously, it it, it seems to get done every year. But I, yeah, this year with all the stuff going on, it just, it's too much. I mean, it's such a compression of a building timeline stress pressure everything else and then you throw this on top i just it's unfortunate but it, I, I think it was the right decision you're right yeah. I, it was the total right did, call
1: did they ever work at night with lights big lights yeah. on oh yeah, yeah.
2: interesting,
0: yeah.
1: interesting. Yeah. once awesome. time
2: we were building a house in uh, uh merrillhurst years ago street dreams and all the subs blew and we were working at night and we blew the transformer the pg transformer So we brought in, one uh, one of our workers had a uh, RV with a generator. We came in and just worked off that. So, I mean, yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Wow.
0: Steve, I told you the story that um, was actually Nancy, uh, Randy, that called me and said that my house was on fire uh, the year that we (laughs) built it. And uh, she said, you need to get to the street now. Your house is on fire. And I said, what? She said, that's all I know. Get to the street. And so I drove at about 100 miles an hour from my office to the street, looking up in the hills of Westland to see a smoke cloud. And thinking, oh, my God. And this was a week before finish, by the way. And so uh, we got there. And, uh, of course, my guys had gotten the crawl space and put it out. And the uh, fire trucks came up. And so for the rest of the week of punch out, which was like the hardest week, right? Everybody's trying to get done in that last week and a half. They said that nobody could park on the street anymore because it was a fire hazard. Uh, There wasn't enough room for the fire truck. So everybody had to hoof up all their tools and material Mm -hmm. for the last week and a half uh, because of that. So. I felt a little bit bad about that, but I was also happy that my house didn't burn down. So, yeah, you know. likewise. It was a killer they, house, too. And they
1: wanted to chainsaw into your floor, as and I remember. Did, and you and said, and we, no,
0: no, no, you're not. <laughs> you, you said, hell no. don't. You are not taking a chainsaw to the floor right now. So. One week
3: before completion. Yeah, so. Yeah. So, so let's say let's say this COVID thing blows over and we're on board for the next Street of Dreams, which I'm really excited for. Has this changed, like, the price point or the style of home that you guys might consider building? I, I don't think so. It depends where it is. If it's in
2: a great location, heck, I mean, let's just use, you know, like Oswego in L.O., it'd be, right? That could be on, game on. But if, honestly, if we're out in West Hillsboro or something like that, yeah, that might, that might change things a little bit. So it's certainly a location-driven location driven
3: Mm-hmm. price point
2: honestly.
1: do
3: you know where the next one is joe you said you're excited did was that a teaser well i, I think we're skipping a year so i think the next one's going to be fire so i am excited for it i don't i don't know there's oh. any prospective lots do you guys know anything that uh any info of where it might be no yeah.
2: yeah. I, I if i was guessing it'd probably be back back where it was going to be probably in Hillsboro. Yeah. The lots i don't think lots either on the
0: golf course. So yeah,
2: from yeah, there, but who knows? I don't know. They probably have a foundation port, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: It's, it's always a
0: challenge to find enough land to be able to do the show. And it's, there's a lot more that goes into it than just, you know, building the houses, obviously. So.
1: Yeah. But, but it, it is crazy after, I mean, what is it? 40, 50 years, always done it. I remember in Oh 10 going to it and it was, it was definitely played down. I mean, there was, you know, condos if I'm not mistaken in the West Hills and there was interest it was an interesting, but they always had it. So to have it canceled is is it's really a big deal. It really yeah. is. A big deal. Yeah.
0: And as we know, it's a big revenue generator for the HBA as well. So, you know, it it, it impacts them tremendously also on that front. So, but uh, with that being said, we've got um, we've got a great guest with us today, and uh, I've got a number of questions that uh, I kind of want to go through. You know, I've been personally navigating this with our inventory and projects we've got coming up on the horizon, and you know, I'm curious what somebody that um, you know runs a, a bigger machine than myself and does a lot more houses and ultimately has had a lot more experience in this game. I'm curious what uh, what he thinks about what's going on out there in the world of um, you know real estate right now. So. Let me kick it off with this, Randy. How has this coronavirus, you know, corona economy shut down? How has it affected you guys at Renaissance to this point on a macro level?
2: You know, great question. <clears throat> and every day it seems seems a little different. I mean, um, I can go, well, I'll, I'll go back a little bit kind of with some of my history and then go, going forward and uh, maybe think by talking a little bit, but started back in 84 building in Elbert Southeast Portland. And the market, 84, early 80s, interest rates were in the high teens. It was crazy. And I was a foundation. Prior to that, I was a foundation laborer. And I decided, hey, I'm going to build a house. And and my boss uh, said, Jesus, crazy. Nobody's building houses these days. My uncle was a finished carpenter. And he's like, everybody thought I was nuts. I thought, I just need to sell one house. Just one house. And I think somebody will buy this house for $35,000 with lot on 122nd Holgate. Or 126th Holgate. Sold it. And... First year in, in in a in a down year, um, obviously did well and just kept going with it. And then, obviously, you know, in '87, the stock market crashed. It was a blip. Um, the uh, and then we had the um, uh, Gulf Gulf War, right? That was we were thinking a big deal. It wasn't. Nine mm-hmm. Eleven, big deal, but within a few months, it wasn't. And then, obviously, this next thing that we that that, that we went through, which Flat-backed virtually everybody. I mean all of us including me um, And but at first we thought geez, it's 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 not gonna be that bad right our clients, you know and, and Renaissance homes actually survived The first part of the last of the down because we had a lot of clients that, that had the means to, to buy and then obviously all the subdivisions and all the stuff that we've had so in my head and I'll just, my experience, but in the early 80s, the guys that really made it through were the Lake Oswego builders. So I, I locked that in my head, like, okay, if you're an LO, you can get through tough times. And then, um, and then uh, in the, uh, the last crash, the guys that were building in, in the in infill, close in in Portland, put that in my head and like, okay, I saw those. And that's what I went into the city in 2010, you know, because I, I had 17 subdivisions and, and obviously that, that uh, was not what you want when, when things were like this. So I went into the city and started building, you know, and talk like you in the city and, uh, and, uh, in the guys in, uh, that made it through, uh, okay. It was tough, but in the city. And then obviously the, uh, the, the companies that are building on on like Adair and, and uh, other companies that are building, uh, out on on an acreage you know obviously that's a that's a good business model so not planning for any pandemic for me I mean none of us could I just thought I'm gonna just be in a safe spot I'm gonna be in the city in a big way commit to it be an LO in a big way and commit to it and it's called renaissance on your land where we build homes on people's land anywhere within 50 miles of Lake Oswego we won't go up to Vancouver and we'll go down as about as far as Salem and certainly wine country and then we're out in uh, Damascus and stuff too building our design homes uh, on on people's land um, for you know it's it's basically a custom house. So we're doing that, so we're doing those three things now, and have a big backlog of, of pre-sales there, and, and a lot of specs have been sold, and 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 we've been just been really picky, Tucker, like you, of just really being in just Tiffany locations, you know, really good locations in Lake Oswego and West Slope and Portland, and so. For us, um, we've been, uh, you know, having a lot of traffic with our, with our, with our spec homes. Um, it's been really slow, though, on the spec side. You know, we have stuff sitting, you know, and, and more and more showings are happening, which is good. Um, we did, we have turned down a couple super low offers that people have really been trying to take advantage of, really, the virus, in my opinion. is, so we've turned down a couple really low offers that don't make sense, that are wrong. Um, and, but we have been writing customs, uh, last week we wrote two. So that's good. So what are we doing differently? Well, we're, we're being, we've been super picky about what we've been buying, uh, land, uh, tear down homes, and we're even more picky. <laughs> so we're, we're doing that. And we're also on our buys. We're, you know, obviously we're, we're, we're future casting. Like, you know, is that house? Cause we'll drive by a lot in Portland and go, we have enough history. You know, we built over 500 in the city the last 10 years. We'll say, okay, well, this could be our Cleary, which is one of our standard tuck-under houses. We could typically sell it for 750 Maybe it needs to be 725 I mean, so we're buying that lot. We'll adjust that lot price down, down a little bit, not knowing where we are in six months. So we're just being more cautious, but we're also optimistic because... You know we all know location neighborhood quality construction there are more people that want really nice homes in really good areas than there are really nice homes and really good in really good areas for them they just are that's how they sell so so i i mean it's it's a it's 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 you know grind forward but you know watch every step kind of that's what we're doing
0: So it sounds like you kind of really, I mean, you collectively took your experiences from the past, you know, let's call it 30 years or so, right. Of, of building homes. And so like, for example, Renaissance on your land, when I saw you guys come out with that, I immediately thought, okay, well that's a, it's a good business model, but a hedge against, you know, potential softening in a spec market. Right. Um, You know, we've taken on a few uh, outside projects for people. I mean, we're not built for it, but it's something that we've taken on right now as well for those that want to spend the money, but it's definitely a great hedge to kind of continue building homes if things soften a little bit so it looks like that's been a success for you has it not
2: it has it's been uh, actually overwhelmingly success more than i thought i mean we did it just because as you know it's it's harder and harder to find really good lots in portland so that 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 uh supply of good lots in portland is going in portland is a tough place to build we still choose to the build there, but it's hard lo is just more and more and more expensive and uh um and and you know I've done the customs in the past, but the problem is, especially now, and I'll 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 get on it. Why the challenges that custom builders have today, and why the internet is really affecting them, is um, in the past customs for me personally have just been really tough because you'll you'll use somebody else's architect and somebody else is a designer, and then you're kind of just being whipped around, like, oh, this designer wants this way, and this architect wants this way. Nobody's talking, and it's up to you to solve all these problems. And then it's, you know, the, the budgets are always blown, and the and schedules are blown, and the clients are pissed, and all that. And and, and uh, over the years, we've, we've had people go, hey, I want one of your floor plans. On our property, just like this, and we'll go through your design. We have a really good design studio and pick everything, and they'll work with, with our designers. And it's pretty slick, and we can give people upfront pricing. It's all the things that all the things what what a builder would want to do to build. And in fact, this house behind us, we're we're copying that same house two other times right now in Stafford. People saw it, and, and I'm sure you built your street dreams house a few times for people, and that's easier. So, so. but that was really kind of what it was. We just wanted to expand. We want, we really operate on about a hundred homes a year. So we're doing about four a month of of the Royals and four a month, good specs in Portland Lake Oswego. And that gets us nearly 96 to a hundred homes a year. And that's, that's really what it, that's what's going on here. And, and also obviously, you know, your spec, um, exposure, um, is mine. Isn't what it was pre crash, pre crash. I had 2,500 lots building condos in Seattle and owned a, Place called Bend, Oregon owns virtually all the sites. Oh my God! When that when that market shuts, that's big. It turns and then and then the handle breaks and somebody throws in the wheel. Oh my God! Imagine this. I'm in Bend. I've got 400 lots. Four. You can't see from one end to another. It's on a. It's on a. It's on a cloudy Sunday, waiting for my sales manager to to show up, or my sales. You know the the, the salesperson to show up. Uh, in, in, the, in the fog, is about fifty feet off the ground. It's just cold. Me, a hill. The subdivision is so big, I can't see from one end to another. Freezing cold. Standpipes pipes everywhere. Me and tumbleweeds rowing. And I'm like, "Oh, this is bad. <laughs> Ninety-four thousand dollars a month interest. This is bad." And it was. <laughs> so, wow. so right. not none of that. We don't have subdivisions these days for that
0: to happen. I feel. Randy, forgetting. I
1: have a question about your homes on renaissance homes on your land program i see those signs everywhere are you paying random people to put signs in their yards or what do you we we
2: do in some locations in some areas we will we will rent somebody's corner for x amount of dollars a month and uh and then obviously where we are building sign where we are building homes we'll put our sign up um
1: yeah yeah no that's smart really smart good good branding and good and good exposure it's in the places where you want to i have i just sold a house um up in bald peak or not bald peak um gosh sherwood now i'm gonna forget the Parrot, mountain.
0: Parrot, Parrot mountain.
1: mountain thank you Parrot mountain and every time i'd go out there i'd see one of those and i'm like and it didn't look like one of your projects i'm like i think he just found found somebody and put a sign in their yard worked out a deal and what but that's the area you want that sign everybody driving back and forth from
3: there can see your exposure so yeah great yeah. idea yeah, yep. you know, I, saw a, I saw a sign on uh, Stafford, one of those signs. I sold that house many, many years ago. And so some of your signs are just advertisement for the program, not necessarily that particular spot, well, right? The one on Stafford
2: Road, we are actually building that house that you sold. They've hired yeah. us to build a, a guest house, and that's what's going on on that. Oh, cool. So, yeah, yeah. Gotcha.
0: So looking at new projects, Randy, like we're obviously – this reminds me of like, it's not the same. And and I want to ask you what you think the differences are, but like uh, March, 2007, when they shut off financing, right. There was like this interim time period before we all figured out what the hell was really going on. And it, it, you know, I made a few mistakes in between March, 2007 and January, 2008, in terms of buying stuff that I shouldn't have bought. And I got punched in the face on those, those were, that's what hurt the most. Right. Right. So I didn't really take the time to read the tea leaves and just kind of absorb what was going on. And, you know, I was also younger and I didn't have as much experience. So crazy was what was normal to me back then. So mm-hmm. it was hard to tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I'm I'm trying to read the tea leaves. I'm trying to see what's going on. I do think it's different, but I don't know what, you know, we have in store for us. But one of the things that we've done is we've kind of we want a, a quicker to the finish line type project. Right. So we're not looking at doing major partitions and things like that for the immediate. Are you guys still looking at doing that kind of stuff um, under certain uh, guidelines, or are you kind of doing one down one up and that's really what you want to do for your infill stuff right now
2: well yeah, good good question. We've been doing a lot of one down one ups te- tear downs you know minor small stuff um so we will you know with a with that, we'll buy a smaller. We're just finishing up a, a 10 lot uh, development. We bought a, a nursery over in Mount Mount Tabor area, and we've got three to go there. So we're doing small ones, but yeah, we're we're not doing the big subdivisions. Uh, you know, like I cl- I closed on sure, uh, Chevlin Pines, a really great development in Bend, 60 lots, May of 2007, right? And so you know things like that. We're not we're not as you spoke we're not making those mistakes but uh we're we are our inventory mainly you know we've got about 70 houses going and for the most part other than that 10 lot subdivision I told you about in, in Portland they're all onesie twosies here and here and there so we're we, there's no real projects people ask me well, what's your new project like they're everywhere there's not one I mean our really new project is when we think of it that way is our royal um that's where we're putting a lot of focus on and, and uh, having success with it. So yeah, there's no, I don't have a 30 lot development in my back pocket anywhere. Gotcha. So, Royal
1: is Renaissance on your land. Yep. Good, good little uh, acronym. there. Yeah. Cool. Right. Um, have you pumped the brakes on anything, Randy? Is there one project or three where you just go, nah, let's sit
2: on this. Um, no, not really. I mean, we have, this is crazy. Pre-crash, I don't know, like two thousand four, we bought some property in Gresham next to the, um golf course out there on Hogan. I forget what it's called. It starts with a Persum per Yeah. And it's like nine lots. And we're upside down and we've been upside down. We still keep, you know, it's approved, but we we uh, you know, uh every year it's like, yeah, maybe we'll put the roads in this this year. like no, and we do the math and it doesn't work. Maybe it'll come next year. So you know, that's just one, that's one project we've been just sitting on. And in fact, we've got our Royal, you know, we'll even build one house on it. You know, it's really a nice lot. We'll build one house if somebody wants it there. But other than that, we're just, you know, we're, we're, we're going forward on, you know, we've got, we've had a really good, uh, last six months of buying some really good locations in Portland, Lake Oswego, and we're closing on them all. And we're not, we're not going and a- a- asking for, uh, you know, price cuts on anything we haven't closed on You know, we're happy with them. So. Um stuff that we're looking at, new stuff we're looking at we're 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 definitely being being fairly fairly picky on pride, what we're paying and what we're buying certainly mm-hmm. you know, it, mm-hmm. it's still you know quality in a tough market will get you through and uh, anything edgy, anything that doesn't feel right, we're just passing on you know? and we passed on some fairly
3: fairly nice stuff lately that we wouldn't have a year ago
2: so mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Is that right? I- I agree
3: with all you said about like location. The, the definition of stability is if you buy in an outstanding location like Oswego, West Lynn, you're going to be a little more bulletproof than if it were out sort of in the boonies. I think you have to buy it right. I think you have to sell it right. And you can't be so leveraged that you're over your ski tips. I mean, 2007 was a five-year, you know, bad section we're going through maybe three months and I, and I believe, you know, maybe four months. And I believe when we come out shooting through the tunnel, uh, it's, it's all going to be good again. And I think there's a little bit of pressure. The market keeps squishing down like a spring. And once people are to go out again, we've had low inventory, crazy, ridiculously low rates. I think we're going to have a huge demand coming out of this tunnel. My question for you guys is, Aside from being picky on the buy and aside from being picky on location, do you think for the interim, is it safer? Have you considered like building in a lower price range because those pretty much clear out a lot sooner than the million plus? A great question for us. And we've tried it. And the problem is it starts at the top
2: and I don't know, Tucker feels this way too. It starts with us. We don't have the DNA to build. She, I just don't have it. I mean, my subs, everybody's trained just to do everything just right. And not saying that you can't do something right or more affordable, but it's just a different sub base and everything else. And so for us, we just, yeah, we're not that, we can't turn on a dime that quick to do uh, lower product stuff. Um, you know, we um, actually, one little, little, little known fact, just because I don't talk about it much, but during the crash last time, it's kind of funny, we uh, went up to Puyallup, Washington during the crash and we had a little office and we built about a hundred homes up there right around the 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 army base up there and so and we're building houses believe it or not we hired a whole team of subs up there and we were building houses in in under two months and uh and 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 did well up there but it was it, it was it was down and dirty and we did that but that was a you had to Leave the area and all new subs, but so here in, down here where we just ha- we're just doing what we do and just we gotta you know sell a house that normally is seven fifty gotta sell it for seven and a quarter then you do that you know keep everything rolling. So.
0: And it's tough to do anything under seven anyway. Like it's just it's difficult if you're buying infill with permits and costs. And I mean now you know this is one question I got for you because I know you and I are on the same side of the fence on this, but I'm wondering if City Lake Oswego, if they had a vote on the teardown tax today, if that still would have gone through, because I think now more than ever, you know their, their argument previously, and, and we had you know likely their future mayor on, and you know I understood his position, but I disagreed with it. But you know, their, their position was that that cost will get spread out over the market, right? Well, now I think we're firmly on the side of the fence where that comes straight out of the seller's pocket and factored oh, right. in. And, oh, and that's one thing that they didn't want to admit when it was being argued, but now we're in a reality where that is absolutely the case in my opinion. It totally
2: does. It's a tax on the elderly people that and I and I testify to this. It's like, okay, there's a couple and we know their lot's worth four hundred all day long. Well now it's worth, you know, let me take the tax out. I believe it's twenty grand. And so their property's worth less, twenty, twenty five thousand dollars less. And uh and 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 we factor that into the buy. So it's it's much like the uh Oh, the, the uh, sidewalk um L-tech in Portland this is even just as crazy or maybe more where you have a situation that's it's $600 a lineal foot for uh, road improvements if you have a, a, a infill lot in Portland and there's no sidewalk you're charged $600 a lineal foot so on a hundred-foot lot, it's sixty thousand dollars. That comes right out of the seller's pocket, and people are like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, it comes out. We're not paying for it." And like, how'd that happen? Well, the council just voted it in. So, it, so they took sixty thousand dollars away from families that had no idea what was going on to their property. They pay taxes and they, they you know, they maintain everything. And then just in a you know, a Thursday night meeting, it uh, costs people of Portland. $600 a foot on their, on their property. If they don't have a sidewalk, you know, and again, same situation in, in LO, it, it just, it comes out of the seller's seller's proceeds. not the, not the, not the builders and not the buyers. Yeah. No don't want to pay what it is.
0: Yeah. I think we're coming Good into question. An that and bond measures are not going to get so easily passed uh, as well. People start thinking about that also um, as we kind of came out of an era where a lot of that just got ramrodded through. Steve, did you have a question?
1: Yeah, I have a question about the actual building process today in in this environment, Randy. I mean, I have to think things are moving in a slower gear when it comes to permitting the actual workers, not you know, social distancing. Talk to us a little bit about that. Has it slowed everything down pretty dramatically? Oh, yeah,
2: for sure. Permits take a long, time, especially Portland, LO is pretty good, but and, in the in the, you know, Washington County, Yamhill County, they're pretty good, but City of Portland is 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 very, very tough to get a permit out in any scheduled you can count on um we're pretty lucky we we've always been doing eight to ten foundations a month and um and so our, our our sub base is geared up for that good subs and we have enough for them so our houses really don't sit around waiting you know in between like you know the electrician and and, uh, or the plumber and electrician and heating guys, I mean, they're, they're staggered, but it, you know, there's a day that goes by, but they're, and they're not together, but there's not weeks that go by where the houses don't sit. So we, we, you know, we're able to kind of keep them, keep them moving. The big, the, the big holdup really is, is the permitting process is what takes us time. And then now with social distancing, we're not stacking ourselves as much. So it's taking a little longer, but as long as something to me, as long as somebody's in the house every day working, it's so things can get done. They do.
3: So mm-hmm. if they're
2: not these aren't four month homes, they're six month homes. And that's okay. Six, yeah. seven months is okay. A
1: little a little bit of added cost though, right? Carry sure. cost and, and yeah. Yeah. So yeah. another little component to add to the challenges there. Yeah, I
0: yeah. mean, you guys have one right up the street from my house on Lamont Way. Um the they've been cruising. Um, you know, they put the foundation, uh, they post some beam and now they're framing. I think they're on to the second floor today. So um, you know, they've been cruising on that one. So
2: yeah, thanks, yeah. No, that's yeah. a good
0: That's a good location. So, so I was looking at some data this past week, and I'm curious your take on it and how it maybe applies to our location. And, and I think I got a pretty good idea of how you see the market right now. But the, um, the HMI or the housing market index uh, from last month to this month, it dropped from 72 to 30, which is generally they're pulling bigger builders, right? Um, that are kind of building subdivisions for the most part. But that was the biggest month over month drop, uh, I think, in, in recent history. What, how did you read that? Did you read that maybe that on a, on a more of a bigger builder, um, you know, uh, subdivision type level, they're scared shitless or how do you see it?
2: Oh, certainly. Absolutely. Um, we, our, our business model used to be, you, you get you have a a model home or two with a model trap, right? It can go in through the sales model, which is the garage in and out, you know, and and then you have all these lots, you know, and, and, uh, with you know just streets and streets of lots and that's it well people aren't going to model homes these days they can't and that's how you sell and you don't and then and then people aren't able to really put the two things together and look at oh the model home on this lot so that whole process is just obliterated right now it's really hard so if you're a big subdivision builder really the national builders are doing that these days yeah of course you're going to be just terrified right but you know, Tuckers and Randys. I mean, we have. What I've learned is, in a tough market, the quickest way you can have carpet in a house where people can live—that's your quickest, uh, quickest uh, trip to escrow. Versus having just a lot sitting around where people have to pick a plan, all that. So, yeah, I, I, there, there's such a difference from high-end um, infill and 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 uh, customs and and the uh, the, the model of you know subdivision model home trap public builder it's 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 two separate businesses in my opinion it's just a different way to do things
0: yeah and i would even venture to say that the the custom home game is a separate business in itself so you're kind of running yeah. two side by side cuz Tony my wife she used to um help run uh, Icon Constructions custom home division and she swore she'd never do it again <laughs> for 10 years and now she's doing a couple of remodels for people but it took that long for her to venture back into that world cuz it it can be challenging as you said you've got people pulling you in different directions and different providers and it really well, is a challenge sometimes.
2: Oh, we and honestly that's why we don't do it that way. We don't. I mean, I, I my friends are builders like I was asking a buddy of mine, I go, well, what do you say when someone says, hey, I want you to build me a house? And he looks at me, he's like, I try to figure out how I can get out of the conversation. I don't want to do it. And like, we don't. But if you, if you design, if everything comes out of your design, you know, everything we build comes out of our office, our designers meet them. It's our, 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 um, it's our, uh, our, our uh, design studio process it's, it's great. The problems going on is with, with the internet, i I briefly hit on this. Clients can see so many things on the internet and, they, and they'll source things from everywhere. So then a custom builders like, Oh, well, the, the clients found these, these windows from Italy and the, this plumbing from, from Germany and, and the doors are from you know England and, you know, and then, you know, you're just having to deal with that versus being able to source things you can get and you know what the prices are and they're available and, and, uh, So it's, we try to keep everybody, you know, within our, 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 uh, our walls to where we can actually get their house done on schedule and on budget. So it's, it's not the same headaches that a lot of guys have.
0: So Steve and Joe, I got a question for you guys, because me and Randy are kind of, again, on the same side of the table here with homes that we're, you know, putting to market and selling right now with the buyers that you guys are working with. I do agree with Randy. The bargain shoppers are out in full force in in certain areas, certain price points. But where <laughs> do you guys see, do you see a cluster of that type of activity versus you know uh, one price point versus another, one area versus another?
1: Cluster of activity as far as the higher bargain shoppers.
0: shoppers, like people bargain that want to take advantage yeah. of the fact that we're in this pandemic and yeah, you know, um, yeah. I've
1: got time. a guy that I started talking to january february he came in on a listing i have up on the columbia river in vancouver he's he uh he's in the three million four million range and he's look he wants to be on water he's he's looking at lake Oswego. he's convinced he won't he won't engage right now he's he said hey you're my guy we're gonna do this but i think he thinks there's blood in the water and he thinks there'll be some desperation sales, so, and there may be there may be you know we don't know those outlying situations where somebody really does have to do something so it's hard to it's hard to say that there won't be some it's just like you know I don't believe that the entire market's going to crater um, by any means. I think that that isn't there across the board. But um, I think that in those higher price points, I think there are some people that think that something's coming and um, they might be proved wrong. I think.
3: I I haven't experienced the bargain shoppers yet. And basically if someone did throw a stupid offer at us, uh, we would just bat it away and take the next one. So we've had a lot of success with that. I think um uh what I get more so than bargain shoppers right now are people saying, you know, I'm going to pump the brakes. I got money in stock. Stock took a 30% hit, so I'm just going to I'm going to sit it out and see what happens. So I don't think the bargain shoppers are out yet, at least I haven't seen them. Um but I see a lot of people kind of saying, all right, I'm just going to chill out. Maybe in six months, I get to buy something for uh, 10% less. So mm-hmm. that's what I experience. It's
1: largely ignorance, right? It's largely looking at recessions as being one in the same. And and so fresh in their mind is, oh, we had a bad one. And his exact words were, well, I think this one's going to be worse than the last. And maybe it will for certain segments of the market. I, look, I, I, I don't disagree that if you're an airline or if you're um, if you're in the hotel business, if you're in the restaurant business, you are going to have a rough road, even for the, the, the sports franchises for the next year plus, right? There's no doubt about it And this and going from, going from hundred percent throttle to zero is incredibly painful. Nobody went, very few went through that last recession. So there are segments of the market there that are going to be deeply impacted, what I firmly believe, and I think Randy and you, all the rest of us agree, is housing is one of the winners in this equation. Never before in a recession, and Randy, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. You, you rattled off a bunch of recessions, but and I, I've been through, around through several of those, not all of them. I was pretty young through a couple of them. But never before have I seen one where just overnight there was winners and losers inexplicably, like no fault of their own, did nothing right, did nothing wrong. They suddenly segments of the segments of the economy are just on fire. Have you guys tried to call a golf course lately and make a tee time on a on a nice day? They're four or five days out, right? I mean, obviously social distancing and they're really cautious and nobody's getting near each other, which is pretty typical to golf. But they are just on fire, right? Like they, we talked to the guy at Forest Hills last weekend, and was like, he said every day is like a Saturday in July right now. And, he, and I said, so are you guys making money or losing money? I mean, because a lot of things are closed down, the, 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 the restaurant and the, the, the cart girls and everything. He goes, oh, we're making money. We're actually half staffed doing, you know, full capacity business. So there's there's industries that are doing really well. And then there's other ones. I just I gave some examples that have gone to zero, right? Now, in real estate, we're not golf. We're, you know, I don't. Me and Joe don't have a four-day wait period to talk to new clients. But we're not at zero. We're, you know, we're 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 closer to the winning side than we are the losing side. I'd say we're at seventy percent, eighty percent, which I will take it, given where we could be and, and others are. So, um, it's it's interesting and it's interesting to me in that regards how how that's been unique in this in this um, crisis.
2: It's very unique. Uh, last time, if you were a developer or you're in the real estate business, you were marked. I mean, housing was, houses were toxic. I mean, I, I liked them that nobody wants to catch a falling knife because they don't know how far it's going to go. And And it was, you know, we went from doing 300 homes a year in 2006 to I think 2010, we did 20. You know, I mean, it was, it was a very, very brutal. And then you have all that. Land hangover—you got to get rid of somehow, when nobody wants it. So, yeah, it—it it was uh, obviously we've all seen the movie *The Big Short*. Uh, you know, and it's very angering to watch. But that—that uh, that was us. This time, it's, it's not how—it's ha- not aimed at housing. In fact, you know, housing was good. Rates are low. You know, uh, there's not a lot of not a not a lot of supply. We don't have a lot of supply of housing in, in Portland, Oregon. So, for those reasons. Yeah, it's it's not fair. I've got a lot of friends that own gyms, obviously own restaurants, and and uh, it's it's um, a tough deal. A little, sure. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah but, so some uh, of those bargain shoppers are just looking high level, and they're seeing that, and they're going, "Oh, that must apply to every industry," and obviously that's just not the case.
3: Yeah, true. Yeah, look, it's also really hard to beat new construction. I mean, not everybody has the time, patience, money, foresight to buy something and then do a $300,000 overhaul. I mean, you have people transferring here, um, you know, relos and corporate schmucks and stuff, and they just want, give me a one, three, one, five. Perfect. I don't have to do a damn thing to it for 20 years, no roof, no major systems and it's move in ready, beautiful. I think there's always going to be a demand for uh new construction. So, I think you're a little a little isolated in that regards that, you know, the the other choice is to buy resale and maybe you got something that has been remodeled to your liking, but usually not. So I and you know, this is only a, a three, four month blip. So I think when the faucet gets turned back on, we're all gonna be busier than we've been in, in years. So I'm optimistic.
0: Yeah, and Randy, I saw you post a, something on Facebook that was kind of a a link to an article that, that kind of said that, right? Like that, you know, housing is going to pull us out of this to some extent once we restart. But really, I'm curious what your opinion is because you know you listen to a lot of stuff. I'm sure you read just about everything you can. You've been through a ton. What is your gut feeling on on the what happens after the stay at home order is lifted? Do we I, go back really, to normal?
2: I'm with Joe on this. I think it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna spring back. I think it's gonna be. Um, certainly and it, there will be winners and losers. I mean, if you're, if you're where people really don't want to live at a price point, people don't want to be at, that's going to be tough. But if you're right where the sweet spots and we all know where they're at, mm-hmm. where they are, I think, I think it'll be okay. There's going to be probably, I believe, you know, the, this, this summer is going to be, you know, we're going to start getting back. We'll see a little bit in the fall winters are always typically slow, but I think, I think first quarter of next year, it's going to be for the people that survived this, um, and not not all agents, not all mortgage brokers, and certainly not all builders will make it through this also. I mean, really, I mean, there's enough uh, enough, uh, enough stuff going on right now. It's going to tip some people out of this business. So I, I believe really first quarter of next year we'll be, we'll be charging. By then, I think people will have gotten over most of uh, the problems that they had, I think, for at least our clients.
1: I think it's also going to affect how people view homes and where they're living. Did you, any of you guys see that article? It was in, I think it was CNBC. They interviewed the Redfin CEO. He said, we are seeing a migration towards rurals. He said, we're seeing higher demand for people with land who want to have a garden. They want a little space. They don't want neighbors right around them. Um, Obviously, I personally also think, I mean, if you want to be real extreme in this, Don't you guys think this is really negatively affecting the downtown condos? I mean, who'd be buying one of those right now? I mean, that's got to be brutal down there. So now go to the other extreme. A lot of people, they're liking the idea. Like, I'm stuck at home right now. Hey, I want to go in a yard. I want to go plant a little garden. I want to, you know... So I wonder if we're going to see a, a little bit of a long-term shift in that regards, which you're poised well for, Randy, with your, uh, with your Royal program. Well,
2: I am, and I'm not, I'm also in Portland. So I hear that too. I'm like, yay, go rural, I'm like, hold on here. Portland's still nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, um, we build uh, some condos in Portland, but mainly they're detached single family homes. But yeah, I, I, I I think uh, if, for the people that can't afford the compounds, you bet. Um, we're building two compounds right now in Stafford on spec, and people are like, "Okay, that's normally not done. Normally people are buying, but it takes a long time to put a compound together. You know, five once on two and acre, two acres, and then once on five, um, and and uh, it takes a while to put those together. And Joe, what you said is right. I mean, is A lot of the homes in Stafford, for example, were built in the 90s, and they're big, and they're outdated, and they're old. And yeah, you can go in, and I live in a 30-year-old house in Stafford that I built 30 years ago, and I love it. And it's had two kitchens in it and stuff. But guess what? All the concrete's old, and this is old, and that's old. I mean, the pipes are old, the electrical's old. I mean, there's just stuff that happens on 30-year-old homes. And and on top of that, over the last, really, five years, Homes have really changed a lot. Out, outdoor living has even become more, things that were going on seven, eight years ago now outdoor living is now outdated. So, and now we have the big walls of, of glass slide open and the kitchens are more contemporary and there's the master bathrooms are more loaded. Just There's just been different different uh, floor plan changes in the last few years. So, and you can't even remodel into that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, so you're, you're right, Joe. The new, new construction has really changed for a long time it was all kind of the same through the 90s and early 2000s but really in the last five years Austin, you know tucker and a few other people have really put some cool spins on on stuff so it's 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 impressive
0: and i do think rural is i mean especially that stafford area i mean if i was a, a betting man i'd say that's a pretty solid market um you know my Folks live out in that area. I split part of my adolescence in Aloha and part of it out there, and um, or at least in that vicinity. And you're right; a lot of it was '90s stuff that popped up, you know. And um, you know, it could use some updating, <laughs> say the least, some of it. And and there's still some land that can be split off a little bit or, or redone. But uh, I feel like there's going to be a strong demand for that even through this and kind of out the other side because that's a segment of the market that we've been kind of targeting a little bit in terms of our spec business, um, and I think we'll continue to.
2: You know, you know what's funny about that is I, you know, I live out here. I've lived out here since the late '80s, and um, for a time I lived on the lake, but uh, I've had this property out here and been here, and I am still astounded at how much property is still available out here and people oh there's five and i'll drive Oh, there's five acres here and a lot of pieces are just on two acres and 10 i mean there's people are finding land and and there's a lot of older homes that are being torn down out here too so just like in the city of portland you know there people are like, oh geez there's one going up there i didn't know there were any more lots left or i didn't know there was you know that that house was torn down stafford's kind of the same way and lake oswego so there's there's a lot more land in staff than people think. I, I just tell people, just go drive around and knock on doors and you'll find one, you know, it's out there. For sure. Um,
0: well, I got a couple more questions for you and then we'll cut you loose here. But um, kind of as you, we move forward, you know, for the rest of this year, let's call it, right? Cause that's kind of the immediate future. Are there, what segments of the market concern you the most, whether it be labor, whether it be, you know, sales side, whether it be, you know, anything in between, and then which segments of the market concern you the least? Like what, what on your, on your meetings with the company, like, what do you guys focus on is like, okay, we need to really watch this stuff closely. And then what stuff is like, okay, this is really going to be a benefit to us as we kind of move forward.
2: You know, one thing honestly is not to be an alarmist, but we're really pretty, car- we don't want our guys getting sick. We don't want our finished carpenters, our painters, our ciders, our framers, you know, we're really trying to keep people. We don't, we don't want this to go through and really wipe out a lot of our, our, force. we're worried about their, their health obviously, but then also our, our, our workforce. So that's something that we're, you know, wa- we're really watching. Obviously the market too, it's all about selling houses and our sales are down. I mean, obviously, and anybody that's, any builder that says their, their sales are fine is not, I mean, you know, people are not currently stepping up and, and swinging on these, these, these spec homes are sitting. So we've got some, some inventory sitting and, uh, and it really shows really guys that, you know, open houses really do so much to selling homes because what it does is somebody might be a, an intender looking at the home, but they swing by on a Saturday or Sunday and there's people and it's like, they don't know if their neighbors are competitors for the house or not, but it really gets the energy going. And, and, um, by not having open houses, it really takes, takes the the wind out of, out of your sales efforts. It does, you know, we're doing Matterport. We're showing. We're doing all this stuff, but there's nothing like an open house, open signs, you know, a balloon or two, some you know coffee and you know treats, and then and 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 getting some getting some energy going where somebody's like, "Hey, Marge, you know, I saw those people hanging out in the backyard a little long. You know, they might be making an offer. We might as well get on it. You know, that fear of loss that uh, that that open houses bring. I know it's old school." Open houses and signs, you know, I'll, I'll take those all day long. And so as soon as we can safely get back to open houses, I think that's really going to help more than I think people would think. I think it would just happen most.
1: They draw in people who may not otherwise have gone and scheduled a showing. That's what one thing I appreciate about open houses. Looky lose, sometimes become buyers. I mean, yeah. somebody who might see it online, they're like, well... I'm not, I don't think I like it. I'm not going to call my realtor. Oh, they're open this weekend. Let's just pop by. And then they fall in love with it. Right. uh, So yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We've sold a couple houses to people that have strolled through the open house and then bought it like a week later. Right. Right. Oh, and so I've been split on open house, but then this has happened on like two of the last three houses we've sold and I've been like, okay, I'm resold. So
2: yeah, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just a grinder. I don't know. I used to hold open my houses open myself. I mean, back in the day. And so I know how important they are. They just are. And I know it's, it's not convenient for people or whatever, but even if you can have them open for two or three hours, maybe you don't need five, but just, you know, or even just uh, one day over the weekend, at least that, that, that creates energy for that particular property. Um, mm-hmm. And you get a little hangover for that, that that week. So I, I think open houses are, you know, you can see what happens. I mean, and never in my career in 30 some years that we haven't been able to have open houses. And uh, I, I think you guys, once we get the open houses going, I think it's going to get people back in the market. It's going to get their, mo- they're buying emotions. They're buying yeah.
3: yeah I agree. I agree, Randy. Uh, you know, it's, it's what they're saying right now at this time is everyone has to double down on their digital because the new way of looking at homes are on the internet and they say, hey, even take pictures that normally don't make the virtual tour. Take pictures of the garage. Take pictures of the unfinished basement and the side of the house. And that's kind of the way people look at homes right now. But you can go online and shop for a Maserati and see some beautiful pictures. But when your ass is in the driver's seat and you crank that key and it goes, that's what sold it it right there. That's why open houses have to
2: happen. They do. Well, everybody will shop with these things. They'll shop on the black screen, but they won't buy unless they're in that house. They, at least that's what we do. We, I, I tell my designers, we want to sexify these houses. We want people walking through this master bathroom and just want to be there. And we want the guy in the garage who wants to be there in the kitchen. You, those are things that, it, yeah, pictures are great, but and pictures, you know, and, and there's some amazing photographers. The, the woman that took the uh, picture behind me—I mean, amazing stuff, right? Every, everybody looks good on Instagram or whatever. But just getting people in the house and feeling and feeling the space—that's that's that's when it happens. Yeah, that's when the ignition starts. Good, good analogy for sure.
0: Awesome. Well, I think uh, I think we've got a pretty good uh, rundown of what you feel is going on with the market. I have to agree with you. I mean, location is going to be the thing that really pulls most people through this and I you know that's one thing I noticed last time around there was a an infill builder when we were just doing renovations in Portland in like 9 10 because the price points hadn't really come up quite enough to really make it make total sense but there were these. The, this infill building company that uh, I'll, I won't put their name out there, but they kept selling these houses and they were selling them for way more than our renovation product. And they were selling super quick. And I was like, how in the hell are they doing this? And after about the eighth one that I saw, I was like, okay, there's something to this. We need to maybe not look at these houses as have to rehab houses. And um, they were doing it. That was 2009,
2: 2010, 2011. You nailed it. In fact, uh, I'll, if I can expand on that. So here I am. I was living uh, during that time going through divorce. So I moved out of my big Stafford house and I was living like all bouchers. I was living on the lake. And at the time I rented uh, uh, um, Marlonov's mom's cabana on down one of those cabanas on the lake. So I'm in, in my little bouncer cabana watching TV. And this guy on TV goes, hi, I'm bloody blah, bloody blah, custom homes. I built 75 homes in neighborhoods you want to be. Uh, Laurel Hershellwood, da da da. And I'm like, I didn't build 75 <laughs> homes this year. I'm doing that, and that's what got me back in the city. So you and I are talking about the same guy. But uh, yeah, that's that's you know that's kind of what 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 brought me to the city was was that and in location. It's you know, and then another thing, and, and, and you know this, what's selling a lot of our big homes in LO? It's great location. You want to make sure the neighbors are okay but it's the backyards if I wife I'm looking at tear down and I can see a gorgeous backyard because for so long we were building all these developments where we we're building an amazing 3,000 foot house on a 5,000 foot lot and everybody's like well oh, I love the lot your, your homes are great but geez these lots are so close to so now it's really fun to go into areas lake Oswego West slope where you have these 10 and fifteen 20 thousand foot lots where people can have a pool they can you know, the, the houses are commensurate with the, with the site and so that's something that uh, you know if you can have a new home with a huge yard I mean that's huge because normally new homes have to be on these small lots you know so yeah that's, totally, that's
0: what we're looking for also I totally agree i I have a compound of my own that, you know, it didn't make financial sense at the moment, not, or when we bought it not to split it and do two, but now it turned out. Okay. But yeah, I've got a pool. I've got a space where, you know, my little terrorist AKA three-year-old can run around and his quad and tear around and basketball court and everything else. But yeah, having that space is just so key right now. And, I think people, I, I found people reward the builders for it more probably in Lake Oswego than in closer in Portland. We found that a lot of people, they don't seem to value that space as much in closer in Portland, but you get into Lake Oswego market and it's like, it's gold in comparison. Yeah.
2: We've got a couple, one on Wembley and one on Twinfer we just bought. We could have done two, the flag lot thing, actually, and, and we did it. We said, now we're going to just build one not two. It doesn't make sense. Portland, you know, you'll build where, you know, we'll build in 50 by 50 lots for sure. If there's two, 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 and it could be a 50 by 100, and you, if you could split and do 50, it, it's fine, you know, in Portland. But, LO, you're right. You, not every time you, you, you do well in splitting a lot, sometimes it works against you. So, yeah. big
0: for sure. Yeah, we did two on upper drive and I could have split it into three and I was like, ah, we'll do two and we'll push the price and and it worked and, you know, the people loved it and uh, it didn't, you know, it's kind of one of those decisions as a builder. It's tough because it's like density over quality of product and does it make sense? And we went with quality of product <laughs> and the market actually rewarded us for it. But I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Lake Oswego is one of those areas where you do get rewarded for a better lot. Um, beyond that, I
1: think that I do believe that is something we are going to see even more so moving forward as people, and you know, take what the, the Redfin CEO said about rural just just apply that to density in general, I think you're going to see, I mean, there's always people have always wanted larger lots, but I think you're going to see even an a, a, a compounding of that, but a, 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 a adding fire to that as we move forward, as people are staying home more they're forming habits that i believe will last for years maybe lifetimes you know the word, word is um on word is that people are cooking more they're probably going to go out a little bit less in the future as they they start to like that process people are working out at home in fact i was going to ask you randy I'm, i i ran to dick's sporting goods i bought a i bought a bench and some weights and i was i was there right at the you know the as the run on the weights it's and a, i'm uh, i'm working out at home i've got now a peloton here too I'm starting to second guess if I'm going to go back to a gym. I mean, I'm starting to get some damn good workouts here at home. Yeah. And it, it, I'm just walking across, you know, up across a, a room and, 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 you know, I can do it. I'm actually working out more. And so, so now, now start talking about yards too. People are starting to go out in their yards and they're like starting to plant a little garden. Well, then they're going to go, I want a little bit bigger garden on my next house. So I feel like home is becoming more important. People are becoming, we, we are be- society is becoming a little bit more home, homebody ish. Now, some will, some will go right back to how they were, but I think there's going to be a segment that doesn't They, they they embrace some of these new lifestyle choices. And so I do think um, moving forward, those bigger yards and maybe little home gyms and two offices we've talked about, you know, having his and her offices. I think there's going to be some takeaways from this that last for many years to come.
2: (laughs) An example of what you just brought up is one of our clients, avid tennis player avid avid he's got the financial ability to do it we're building like you know what i'm not going to the tennis club anymore i'm i want an indoor court mm-hmm. so we're building him an indoor court Indo- but you
1: you never thought your basketball court would be so popular tucker i mean seriously <laughs> right. like most right. people think when you built that thing you probably thought oh it'll it's just gonna new another place to have to clean up you know i'll use it a few times a year you know all of a sudden, you, and, and if you get into the groove where suddenly some friends are coming over sure. and you're, you're, you're playing some three-on-three, three, who's to say that when this changes, you don't keep doing that, right?
0: Well, so- I love my club sport crowd and I got to have that uh, you know camaraderie slash competition of playing there. Um, so I'll go back, but yes, I'm getting a hell of a lot more use out of it. And when I did build it, I was like, okay, did a little cost-benefit analysis on it. like, am I flushing all this money down the toilet for my own personal use or am I flushing part of it? And now I can firmly say, I don't think I flushed any of it. I think it'll be a huge benefit, you know, coming on the backside of this if we ever sell the
3: home.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So tell us, Randy, on uh, moving to your, probably your second favorite topic, or maybe, yeah. I don't know, you tell me what's your favorite topic, weightlifting yeah. the real estate. It's um, close. Are you, uh, were you always secretly a, a prepper. Here you are, all these years, going to the gyms, going to Club Sport Bay Club now, and, and some other uh, um, bodybuilding places. And then all of a sudden, when the hammer shuts down and everything closes, here you're on Facebook and you've got this great home gym. Did you always have a great home gym? The rest of us, jokingly, are using ten pound plow- bags of flour to to do our little dumbbell presses. And
2: what's kind of ironic? I used to have a really good home gym, and then uh, and then. Uh, and then I thought, oh, I'm at these other gyms. I don't need it. And I and I switched it over to more of a cardio room because I was doing a lot of triathlons and stuff. And uh, so I I disassembled it, and I gave all the stuff away. I mean, everything. And then this thing had. And I know a guy, and if you guys want, I'll, I'll, I'll give you his, his number. He's a, he sells home equipment, so he's been out. And so I've got all the stuff on order now. I'm buying all the stuff I gave away. But, you know, honestly, I have you know a, a elliptical and a, you know a heavy bag and a, some light dumbbells and bands and so i'm 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 fine i mean you can when i travel i just travel with exercise bands guys and and it's it, they're they're amazingly effective so yeah So you so. are
1: buying a bunch of stuff though huh
2: i am yeah even more yeah yeah this is probably good
1: for that guy right
2: it's super good yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. think it'll change your future workouts? Do you think you'll work out more and kind of split your time a little bit? Or? Oh, I will.
2: If I have the equipment here, I will, for sure. I'll, yeah. I, I like with, with Tucker. I like going to yeah, – I have friends and stuff, but it's uh, – you know, uh, I do enjoy working out at home as well. Yeah. And I'm really, I'm getting a lot of good workouts in, and i am been able to maintain pretty well, so I'm happy about
1: that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome.
0: Cool. Awesome. Well, hey – We appreciate you coming on today, Randy. And I, you know, I think the biggest takeaway is, you know, you kind of sculpted Renaissance now with the takeaways that you've had from all the previous challenging times in our economy. And you basically built a business that you you decided, okay, that worked well for that guy then, that worked well for them then. And you kind of, now you've built a machine that kind of adopts all those things. So, you know, who knows what we're going through, but it sounds like you guys are built as well as you can be built, you know, given all of the experience that you've had along the way.
2: You know you're right thank you and and but it wasn't i wasn't planning for anything i just looked at where people you know because you know pre-crash we had over 100 employees offices in seattle bend and like Lake Oswego, and we laid off 80 people i mean we laid off 80 and 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 uh and we only hired back eight so we only grew 10 percent of the people that we let go so those people went so um, you know layoffs are pretty brutal, so I didn't really want to get big enough, big again, because I didn't want to lay anybody off. And we haven't laid one person off. And it's my goal not to lay anybody off, cut any salaries, keep all our all our uh, interest uh, uh, lenders happy, close on all the property that we said we'd close on when we, you know, and not not going in and negotiating, uh, you know, any in any of our land that we're buying. Honestly, we are we are paying what we agreed before that, and uh, trying to just get through this with with uh, as little scars as possible and scarring as little as few people as possible too so um, yeah that's that's what's up
0: yeah well that's a great way to do it and uh, we're we're pretty much in the same boat so we haven't laid, i don't have as many people to employ but we haven't laid anybody off and uh, we've yeah. obviously been keeping all of our investors happy as well yeah um, likewise <laughs> All right, guys. Well, this is uh Portland Real Estate Podcast live here in Masters. Joe, thanks again for letting us do this in uh, your lovely group. Um, I guess uh, I'll be a moderator for about another hour before I'm removed. So uh, <laughs> don't bother Joe asking him questions about why I am or I'm not. But uh, Randy, thanks a lot for taking some time today and uh, coming on here and kind of talking about how Very this uh, this whole thing has been affecting you and Renaissance.
3: Yeah, that was, that was a great episode, you guys. Really informative. And I bet people are going to soak it up because a lot of people are wanting to hear what we talked about today so nice work and generally optimistic i have to say i mean to see randy a a guy who has a lot of exposure
1: out there to say you know just to say you know i really haven't pumped the brakes on too much and i'm still generally optimistic about the market that's really comforting for our listener base you know we as realtors we don't have that same exposure you know we our business ebbs and flows and that, of course, we feel pain with that, but it's not like having, you know, millions of dollars out there on different properties that are exposed. So good to hear.
3: Well, yeah, let's I'm, kill I'm, it. I'm and just,
0: then... I'm, we're stopping the live stream, folks. See you later. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Thanks again for listening to our show and make sure to tune in next week for another great episode of the Portland Real Estate Podcast.